The cat followed along, taking its time. If it had had a white stripe down its back, Rhodes thought, it would have been a ringer for Pepe Le Pew. Yancey stopped yipping long enough to give a low, half-hearted growl as the cat neared him. Rhodes had never heard Yancey growl before, and it was such an ineffective sound that Rhodes thought the cat might burst out laughing. Far from being intimidated, the cat reached out with one paw and gave Yancey a gentle swat on the nose. The cat's claws were sheathed, but it didn't matter as far as the effect on Yancey went. The little dog's eyes bugged out, and he began trembling all over, now resembling a dust bunny with eyes, legs, and a vibrator inside. The cat stood where it was, giving Yancey a cool stare, as if daring him to strike back. Yancey clearly had no intention of trying any such thing. He turned and fled from the hall, yipping all the way. The cat watched until Yancey disappeared, then returned to its exploration of the kitchen, sniffing along the baseboards of the cabinets. "'What on earth is going on in here?' Ivy asked Rhodes as she came into the kitchen. She gave Rhodes an accusatory look. "'Have you been mean to Yancey?' "'I'm completely innocent,' Rhodes told her. "'That's what they all say when you arrest them. Didn't you tell me that?' I may have, but it's an exaggeration. Some of them don't say anything at all. Where did Yancey go? He's hiding under the bed. Ivy looked around and saw the cat. Who's that? We haven't been introduced, Rhodes said. How did it get in here? It came through the door. Ivy put her hands on her hips. You let a cat in the house? Ivy was shorter than Rhodes and didn't weigh nearly as much, but she could be imposing at times. It came in when I opened the door, he said. It's all Speedo's fault. He's supposed to be the watchdog. They all say they're innocent, and they all blame it on somebody else. Isn't that what you told me? I don't remember telling you that last part. Well, you did. Rhodes wasn't convinced, but Ivy didn't seem to mind. She walked over to the stove, where the cat was pawing at a crumb that had somehow eluded the broom. Hey, cat, Ivy said. The cat ignored her and continued to paw the crumb. Rhodes grinned. He didn't know much about cats, but he knew they were good at ignoring people. Ivy stood patiently until the cat knocked the crumb under the stove. The cat tried to reach under the stove and retrieve its spray, but its paw wouldn't quite fit. That's the last you'll ever see of that crumb, Rhodes told the cat, which naturally ignored him. But Ivy didn't. Are you implying something about my house-cleaning techniques? I'm completely innocent, Rhodes said, holding up both hands, palms out. Don't start that innocent business again. We both know better than that. What are we going to do about the cat? Before Rhodes could answer, the cat turned from the stove and started arching its back against the leg of Ivy's slacks. It purred so loudly that Rhodes could hear it from where he stood across the room. We'll call him Sam, Ivy said. Rhodes sneezed. Bless you, Ivy said. I'm allergic to cats, Rhodes said. Ivy shook her head. That's not so. It's all psychological. You're not really allergic to anything. Rhodes didn't think that was true, but he didn't argue. Instead, he changed the subject which he'd often found was the safest course of action. You can't just give the cat a name. You're not even sure it's a he. Sam, for Sam Spade, Ivy said. It's a he, all right, except that he's been fixed. Rhodes figured she knew what she was talking about, but he had never liked the term fixed. 
since it implied that a healthy male animal could be improved by castration. He wondered why they hadn't called it being broken or impaired. He's not our cat, Rhodes said. That's why we can't name him. He's wearing a collar. Ivy bent down and picked up the cat. It continued to purr while she looked at the tag on the collar. There's no name and address on here, she said. Just a number. The vet can find its owner from the number, Rhodes said. I'll check it out. You won't have to do that. I happen to be familiar with this cat. That's how I know his name is Sam. You know who he belongs to? Cats don't belong to anybody but themselves, but this one lives with Helen Harris. Helen Harris lived a couple of blocks down the street. She was a former elementary school teacher, about seventy, short and white-haired and very active. Rhodes saw her out in her yard now and then, picking up small branches that had fallen from the pecan trees.